Hey, what's up, guys? It's been a while since I've been able to give any sort of update on what's going on uh, as far as AW is concerned. Uh, these last few weeks of podcast and the upcoming few weeks of podcast we had recorded a few weeks ago, they're more interview-based, as most of you can tell. So um, there are really no updates given throughout them. It's more focused on uh, the people that are on for that given week and uh, I just figured I'd take a couple minutes and just address some things that are going on uh, because I, I keep getting asked you know what is the update on AIW coming back uh, especially since Ohio has begun a, a bit of their reopening processes um, and to be honest there's still no timetable on AIW coming back um, you know, there's been no updates as far as entertainment or live events or anything like that are concerned. So as of right now, really, we're in the same position that we've been in for the last few months. And, um, you know, that that's all I can really say. Um, oh, what I can tell you is when there is a change and when things are totally ready to go, the best place for you to find out when we're going to have a show sign up for our email list which you can do there's a there's a link right on the front page of our website aiwrestling.com so i'd encourage everybody to go and do that as well as our patreon patreon.com slash aiwrestling those are going to be the first two places where any sort of announcement is going to be made um and uh you know i know that there are a lot of people that are anxious for us to get back to doing shows and i'm very thankful for that but like i said there's there's really no updates as far as that that is concerned and you know i would just be speculating if uh, i said anything right now so i'm just kind of you know waiting to hear just like everybody else and seeing what the protocols are going to be and uh you know then from there we'll have to um make a decision and figure out what's going to happen um, you know, I, I've been doing some, some Patreon podcasts. Uh, I, I did one last week with, uh, some AIW fans in which, you know, there was an open dialogue and they were able to ask me some things and, uh, I was able to, you know, address some, you know, some, some of their concerns and questions and, and everything as, as it pertains to right now. And, uh, so, you know, if you want to listen to that, go ahead. If if not, no big deal. But that is a good way to support us right now is through our Patreon. Um, and I just want to thank everybody for continuing to sign up to independentwrestling.tv and watching the AIW shows and, and streaming our events because right now um, compensation or revenue or whatever you want to call it, like that's the only money that we have coming in right now. And it is, it's helping us get by, you know, I'm, I'm not, I'm not going to lie. It's uh it's very, it's very helpful right now, especially during this time. Um, the only other big update that I have is for, you know, a lot of the collectors that like to collect all the AW DVDs and, uh, you know, there's been the, the first about two and a half years were kind of hard to find. You know, we they were just pretty much produced locally and sold through our website for the first few years. And, uh, you know, we stopped selling them. And I was able to track down those files and uh, I got them the Smart Mark video. You know, I talked about Chandler's family giving me a hard drive in which we thought everything was on there. And it turned out that none of the stuff worked that was on the hard drive. So uh, throughout this process, I was able to track down 
all of the shows that were actually filmed and recorded and released. And uh, I got them out to Smart Mark Video. And now if you go to smartmarkvideo.com, those first two and a half years of AIW, which have never been available before on uh, Smart Mark Video, are now for sale on DVD and MP4, including the debut show. Um, so that's really, you know, the only updates that I have for everybody. You know, it's it's nothing great. It's nothing, you know, groundbreaking. But uh, we do have some, you know, like I said, those first two years are uh, being re-released on DVD again. And they are available on MP4 for the first time ever. Uh, as well as, you know, our streams on independent wrestling TV. And um, uh, I'm sure some of you have noticed and some of you have participated in. Um, we've been selling whatever AIW merchandise we had left in storage uh, on Twitter and on Facebook and Instagram and things like that. Uh, I still do have some stuff left. So if there's anything you're interested in, uh, please email me at AIW at AIWrestling.com. And, uh, you know, probably I've, I've kind of laid off on it the last couple of weeks. You know, I realized I've just been bombarding people with trying to sell this stuff. Uh, so, you know, I've, I've kind of cooled off on it. You know, I, I understand that it's probably annoying that our social media is just like trying to sell T-shirts and pins and things that, you know, we found in our uh, in our storage unit. But uh, so I've cooled off on it. But if there's anything that uh, you're interested in or you know you want to know if we have your size uh please email me you know we can work something out and uh go back to the email uh list again we will be taking an inventory on what we have left and i don't know probably in the next week or two uh sending sending out an update to the aw email list so you know uh it's like an everything must go situation right now you know we're no different than every other business that is uh struggling right now you know we're, we're doing okay we're, we're getting by but obviously you know our main source of income was live events and shows and you know we do still have bills and we have a wrestling school and um you know other things that we have to pay for monthly so that's really the big update is uh you know there is no update we're just trying to sell some stuff and uh some new things are available and there's really nothing it appears that is going to change for the foreseeable future. But like I said, when we do figure out when we're going to do a show and, um, you know, we figure out what the, what the new regulations are, if there are any, um, which I'm sure there will be, we will be announcing that to our Patreon and our email list subscribers first. And then, you know, from there, it will probably be made public eventually or not, you know, it doesn't, we, we don't really know, you know, if there are audience restrictions and capacity issues, uh, you know, there's, there's a very good chance that this could just be a email list only thing. Like I said, I, I'm not going to really speculate on what the new rules are. I've heard rumors and, uh, we're all kind of waiting to see what happens when the athletic commission meets in June. So, um, you know, until then, I'm sure there's not going to be any updates. Uh, I think it's safe to say at this time that JLIT weekend will be postponed, you know, which is awful. But, you know, we're about a month out and it would just be pretty much impossible to try to coordinate everything for that with a month's time. So uh, I'm going to go ahead and probably just make the announcement here that JLIT weekend will be postponed until a later date. 
Um, if you would like a refund, uh, much like all the other events that have been postponed, uh, please request it through Eventbrite and uh, we'll process that and uh, get you a refund. But uh, other than that, please, if you have any questions for me or concerns, uh, like I said, you can email me at AIW at AIWrestling.com. And uh, any way that you can support us is greatly appreciated right now. And uh, I, I just wanted to thank all those that have been, you know. Um, our independentwrestling.tv numbers have been the best of that of all time since joining the service. Um, our viewership is, is through the roof, to be quite honest, and uh, I'm, I'm, I couldn't be happier about that because every view that you watch on independent wrestling TV, you know, that is how we're compensated. So uh, please continue to to watch our shows on independentwrestling.tv. It, it, it helps us greatly right now. And uh, yeah, like I said, if you have any questions for me, um, easy to get a hold of, AIW at AIWrestling.com. And, uh, you know, I'll try to give uh, updates as I know things leading into these uh, interview-type podcasts that, that we uh, recorded over the last, you know, like I said, we recorded them a few weeks ago, and I think we got, like, something like eight weeks' worth or nine weeks' worth. So, um, you know, uh, there, there's not a lot of actual updates within the the context of uh, the interview or the podcast. So uh, I hope this has uh, updated you on pretty much everything staying the same as of right now. Um, and uh, yeah, you know, like I said, as things progress, we will be making announcements through our email list. And you can sign up for that at AIWrestling.com. All right, here's the show. Hello once again, everyone. Thanks for tuning in to another edition of AIW's The Card Is Going To Change. Before we get into this week's episode, we of course want to give a shout out to our sponsors that help us bring the show to you for free each and every week on whichever platform you choose to listen. Thanks to Angelo's Pizza, while you may not be able to dine in right now, you can certainly still order it for pickup or delivery. So make sure you check out Angelo's on Madison Avenue in Lakewood, Ohio. Thanks to Pollyanna DIY, they make some amazing enamel pins for us and they do some awesome custom merchandise beyond that as well so check out pollyanna diy on social media and of course their website and thanks to the merger of smartmark video and iwtv watching aiw has never been easier maybe you couldn't make it to a show maybe you want to watch a show that you went to in person and watch it back you can buy the dvd or yeah. the mp4 through smartmarkvideo.com they have almost all of the AIW archives available there. You can also sign up for independentwrestling.tv using the code ABSOLUTE <laughs> and get yourself a five-day free trial and check out the revolving AIW archives that are there, as well as other independent wrestling promotions. And with that, we get into this week's episode. Some more uh, podcasting from a distance. I don't know what we would call that, John. Social distance podcasting, yes. But uh, always joined by AIW owner John Thorne. Podcasting remotely. Yeah, there we go. And uh, on this week's episode, we are also joined by uh, a legend, a man of legendary <laughs> status in AIW within the last year. Uh, I don't I don't know what to call him anymore. You know, we have finally gotten to know him as CPA. And uh, I guess are we calling you Nick now? Is that Nick? Just Nick. Just Nick. Steve. 
Steve, I, you got to get off your your uh, Wi-Fi with your cell phone or something. You got a very bad network going today. I do. Yeah, man. Bad ne- you got the AJ. You got the AJ Gray bad network going on. You know, something's been going on with uh, my Hulu. That's like that's my cable. As I I have Hulu Live. No, it's a and, streaming. Uh, it's a streaming service. It's not cable, but I get what you're saying. Yeah. Well, you can get Hulu Live TV. Yeah. In, instead of. And you know, I can I watch the regular local I channels got, and everything, but I got Fubo TV. There you go. Yeah. Oh, you went up to an average network there for a second. I don't know what's going on. I don't, I don't know. know, man. Nothing. I haven't done anything different. But uh, neighbor must have hacked your Wi-Fi password. There's no neighbor right now. My neighbor's moved out. Someone breaking in through the window. Everybody that. Yeah, <clears throat> that's what's happening. Wow. So, Nick, Nick, are we going with Nick Staff? Is that what we're calling you, or do we just say Nick? Yeah, you, you could call me whatever you want. It it doesn't matter for the time being. Uh, I'm not going to be uh, anything for a while. I'm just going to be Guy Nick at home. So Guy Nick at home. Um, Guy Nick at home. I'm uh, yeah, Steve you Guy are, at you, home. You are especially locked down out there on the East Coast, right? Yeah, it's a nightmare. I mean, like, I could still technically do stuff, and I probably shouldn't be. I mean, like, I go to the store. I don't know. I don't really... Like, I've been staying at my mom's house because uh, I think the person I rent from is, I'm fairly certain, immunodeficient. So I've just been staying here to avoid any possible problems. So That's, yeah, uh, that's nice for nice of you to look out for that other person. Yeah, I try sometimes. As, uh, I'm occasionally a man with a heart. He's got a heart on him, huh? Yeah. As... <laughs> As we record this, uh, we are able to see each other via video. You listeners obviously aren't watching the video, but uh, n- not a man to disappoint. Uh, Nick's got a, was that 16 or 20 ounce black cherry white claw right there I'm looking at. I can't see you guys. I feel like I, that this is very GTV. Uh, <laughs> you can see uh, you. It's a, uh, God damn it. So you saw me take my pants yeah, off. That's unfortunate. You. I expect... I expect to see all that. <laughs> it's we're not recording the video though. Don't worry. Yeah, yeah. Don't worry. Okay, good, good, good. Okay. Everybody's already seen enough of your not work on matters. video. It's uh, yeah, it's exactly. Uh, so <laughs> I don't know. Should we just get right into it, Thor? I mean, well, I know what I want to get right into. Okay, you and go it, ahead. And it is the fact that uh, you know there was, I don't know, a couple months ago, Hornswoggle came in early and. Uh, we were messing around on YouTube, and it led us down this rabbit hole of wrestlers who are drunk at independent wrestling shows. And uh, <laughs> we watched quite a few. Uh, and our favorite one was one called The Sandman Falls Asleep in a Match, in which he doesn't fall asleep in a match, I don't think. And it's like this 11-minute long video that leads to nowhere. But then through that, we uh, land on Just Incredible Drunk at a Show, and oh, we are watching this unfold, and you know I saw it when it first happened, but I forgot about it. And uh, sure enough, there we both jump out of our chairs and uh, pop because there's a CPA around the ringside, ready to uh, <laughs> ready to fight for the locker room. It appears, uh, you know, standing in solidarity with the rest of the boys. And uh, what was that like? Uh, so. We had ju- we were in the op- I was in the opening match. It was like a triple threat tag match or whatever. And the commissioner guy, he's not really like a wrestling guy. He I think he's 
he like works at public offices in Enfield, Connecticut, where that show happened. And I guess the promoter knows him and he just has him as like kind of the, you know, the authority figure, figurehead guy. Um, he was supposed to come down and announce whatever match we were having at the next show. I saw Justin Incredible upstairs and he was just, you know, just saying hi to people, whatever. I didn't really like nothing seemed to miss from what I was looking at, but I was also, you know, just getting ready for the match. Uh, so we get done with the match and we're like, all right, here's the, here's the big announcement thing. And then like just incredible just comes to the ring and I was like, Oh, it's weird. I figured they'd play his music or something like that. And I'm like my, I guess part of me was like, Oh, maybe he wants to leave early. So maybe he's just going to put over the talent, you know, whatever, whatever. And he, he comes out and I hear his, his wife was there and like, he's a nice guy. I've, I've met him a few times since then. He's always been very nice to me. Um, but that night he uh i hear his wife like scream well i hear a woman who turned out to be his wife screaming um and he comes down he's like give me the fucking mic i was like oh no like i've i've been drunk enough times in my life to know what it sounds like when someone's drunk i was like oh no this is bad this is really bad um so we were already like all out of the ring by that point and he has like a kendo stick in his hand i'm like oh fuck this isn't good this is this is gonna be really really bad soon um so like the promoter immediately runs down and he's like no i'm not giving you know like they refuse to give him the mic and like i i had i had my guard up but i don't really know what exactly i planned on doing and maybe like sing a song to him or something like jumper by third eye blind like that's the song that came to mind um and i was just like i don't even know what to do like my honestly and this is going to sound really silly my biggest concern wasn't him hitting me with a kendo stick if i jumped in the ring it was him throwing up <laughs> on me um so that is literally the the reason one through a thousand why i didn't actually jump in I and think, do anything and like i wouldn't have i wouldn't have fought him because like i don't know what like, it's what are just you incredible do, you know? yeah but like, like, who, who wants to fight just incredible exactly, i just yeah. you know i just thought it was funny because you know you've been in like locker rooms before and like sometimes you know the uh, testosterone is really ramping up and everyone's like you know like if there's like a fan that's getting out of hand like everyone's like yeah like let's go fight them or something like that and it's just like <laughs> it's so funny because you just see the locker room gradually empty and it's just like that's the situation I'm envisioning is like people are like, oh, fuck this guy. Fuck this just incredible guy. But then like nobody really wants to do anything either because it's just incredible. And it's just so funny, like out of like the corner of the camera, you just see CPA in his full CPA uh, tie gear. And me and Hornswoggle <laughs> had a uh, had a good laugh about that. <laughs> and also I, I um the girl I was with at the time, I went outside to vox her about what had just happened. Cause she like kind of knew about wrestling cause of me and like, she had watched it a little bit and I, I upgraded to a pro account recently just to hear this vox again. We're not together anymore. Um, but I had to listen to it. It's like a three minute vox of me. I was like, Hey, some crazy shit just happened. And then all of a sudden in the back you hear, <laughs> but you just hear like people screaming because someone called a cab for them but they refused to get into the cab and it was snowing out too so they were just like slipping and sliding all over the place like wacky inflatable waving or tube men just it was fucking insane so like all you hear in the background is just them screaming him and his and, wife like, i don't it was okay yeah because they were they did not want to get in the cab they did not want to leave um and then someone was like hey we're gonna call the cops if you don't leave and then he finally uh, made his exit, but it was it was a good two 
two, oh, three it's on, it's on, I mean, the whole thing the is camp. on YouTube and his like rant lasts, I feel way longer than two minutes in the ring. Oh no. I'm just saying oh, that's okay, me outside okay. by myself watching this happen. I got, I got yeah. the tail end of it. Yeah. It's uh, you know, uh, I'll never forget the day that just incredible followed me on Twitter. I, I was very excited about that. I was a huge, just incredible fan. And then uh, recently, I looked, and Justin Incredible has blocked me on Twitter. I've, I have no idea why. <laughs> I have no idea what I did to Justin um, Incredible. So he followed me the next day too. He followed a lot of people because literally, like the next day, or maybe a day, maybe a day later, a day or two later, I don't remember, but it was like that weekend. He was already working on his recovery documentary. Immediately after that happened, like there was no rest time. There was no like. Uh, and then we we visit just incredible at you know a halfway house like no like the next day he was like guys I'm coming back I'm never gonna pull this shit again followed me uh, funny block story it has nothing to do with just incredible I was this was like 2015 I was at a convention thing with Hawkins and Vampiro was there and I'm standing with Brian and Brian's like oh shit uh, I wonder if I follow him on Twitter and Vampiro who Brian has never met in a day in his life blocked. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I have I have no idea what I did to uh, get blocked by Justin Credible, but I was I was very upset. I'm I'm trying to get to the bottom of it. Brian Brian's not <laughs> one to like be on Twitter bashing people either. So no, like, I don't like he's not like me where like I can look back and see like me you know like adding like Republican uh, you know politicians and calling him pieces of shit. You know what I mean? Like he. <laughs> He was in WWE when Twitter started, so he has yeah, no he's very like to, he, yeah. he's very like uh, by the book on social media. I feel mm-hmm. yeah, so. Yeah, that's uh, that was like that was like the first thing that popped into mind when uh, Steve said, "Let's get to the let's get to the bottom of it," because that's what I wanted to get to <laughs> get the to bottom the of, of the matter. Was uh, the just incredible <laughs> drunk in the ring in Connecticut story? How uh, how long ago was it? That was December two thousand seven. Oh, I have another. I have another thing that just popped up. Speaking of Hawkins, I have another thing that just popped up that I wanted to discuss with you. Uh, A couple Mm -hmm. nights ago, I got a message from Hawkins, and it was a match of, like, you and Balls Mahoney as a tag team against New Jack, (laughs) and I I don't even know what else, who else was in the match, but I know it's you and Balls Mahoney for sure were a tag team, and New Jack was in the match. That's the story. I like how he sent you that video, and I asked him for the video, and he said, "Oh, we'll watch it at Cap when we." <laughs> that was that whole thing was a disaster. If you don't mind, let's me get into, into it. it. Let's I get into know. it. All right. Um, so, at the time, this was you. You probably remember Peter. Yeah, oh yeah, right? well, was, what's his uh, name? Uh, Eric Tapout, yeah. right? Yes, Eric Tapout. Yeah. Um, so he. I was just doing what I, I had this weird because I was only like two years in at that point, And I was <clears throat> I had my own little weird universe in PWS where I didn't like I was never involved in any like angles or feuds or anything. I just wrestled like whoever like the pseudo big name was like I had like one of my first singles matches was was with EC3. <laughs> and it was like such a weird, such a weird universe for me to exist in. Like I teamed with Larry Zabisco. I wrestled Eddie Kingston one show. Like it was just madness every month. I was like, why am I doing this? This is insane. I'm not good enough to be in the ring with these people. Um, I think like, what's it? PJ black. His first match back on the Indies was this, I was in the six way with him. Um, it was just, so, it was so weird, but I guess like the character, it kind of worked with, you know, whatever, like weird structures. Um, so 
I was supposed. It, it was. I'll. I'll try to. I'll try to breeze through the origins of the 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 team with balls and I. Uh, so I had a match. We had a show in Brooklyn. I had a match with Mantar oh, the next day, okay. um, and Pat text Pat Buck texted me and said, "Hey, we got this idea where we want you to team up with balls." And I was like, oh, "All right, that's fine. I mean, he can like barely walk, but that's cool. Whatever." Um, so like. We kind of sow we, we we sowed the seeds the next night, and then we had basically we had to like um, take it into our own hands to explain why we were a team at the show after. So I was like, "Hey, balls, you'll get away with this. It's my idea, but you'll get away with it." After the match, can you just grab the mic and explain why we're teaming up in the first place? He's like, yeah, yeah, no problem, we'll do it. So like, he grabs the mic and he's like, you know, CPA. Uh, I don't know. You're you're kind of a little you're kind of a little pussy, and I I need you to I need you to I need to teach you how to how to fight, and you know I have a lot of financial troubles, so uh yeah, let's team up. And I was like, all right, cool, man, we're a team. Um, we were the Wolves of Bald Street, by the way, for those um, <laughs> keeping score. Um, so we had a few matches, and they were all just they were always just like disasters, like not because of him necessarily. It was just always like happenstance that the matches we were in just never like. Oh, this was like an well. ongoing tag team. I thought this was a one night only. No, we had, I think we teamed like three or four times uh, over the span of like three months. So this night, we were in a tag gauntlet match. uh, To peek behind the curtain a little bit, uh, on the lineup sheet in the back, this tag gauntlet match was scheduled to go 10 minutes. Actually, also, a, a, a weird... A weird callback. This was this was just Incredible's retirement show. The first time he retired. <laughs> um, so this tag gauntlet match, and you as a promoter know that tag gauntlet matches go on fucking forever. That's why usually. I try not to do all. This was right. This was literally no exception. It was supposed to go ten minutes. I'm gonna have to ask Pat, but I'm pretty sure it went thirty five okay. minutes. Um, Sounds about right. So yeah. So. Originally, so at the time, New Jack wasn't wrestling. He had retired a while ago. I think he was, like, thinking about coming back, but, like, he hadn't really pulled the trigger on it yet. So he was, like, a bodyguard, like, manager type for... So the guy he teamed up with is this guy, Delroy, that I trained with. He he doesn't really wrestle anymore, but he's still a good friend. Um, it was him and Brian XL. Yeah, Brian XL, yeah. Brian XL. Yeah. Yeah, so Delroy and Brian XL were the team, and New Jack was, like, their, their manager, their... their their you know their coach I don't know, <laughs> the heater the heat yeah the heater even and it was great too because like he would always show up and like you know like the foot like the 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 coveralls everything like he looked badass so like, actually the the match i had with ec3 delroy was going to do a run in afterwards because ec3 was going to beat me up afterwards and this was like my first like i guess match with like a big big name and i'm pacing back and forth in the back like trying to like you know like can compose myself and pretty much like pacing back and forth in the same direction as me became very terrifying. It was new Jack. And he just looked like, don't fucking come near me. Um, yeah, he was getting in the mode to go out and, and heat. Um, so, uh, where was I? Oh, so it was supposed to be, uh, Delroy and Brian XL were supposed to start the tag gauntlet. They were going to be another team. Then balls and I were going to come in and we were going to do like a double count out thing. Brian XL, I guess, decided he was retiring this weekend, so he just didn't okay. show up. And nobody was informed until Amazing Red showed up and said, oh, yeah, no, Brian doesn't wrestle anymore. <laughs> so New Jack by this point, and this was at Starland Ballroom in Jersey, New Jack by this point had already 
had already tossed back a few Long Island iced teas. So he was fucking hammered. And they were like, hey, New Jack, you're going to wrestle. He's like, all right, whatever. <laughs> um, so uh, so he comes. We could just tell he was fucked. And then also that day when Balls showed up, Balls would always talk to me for a long time. And that's fine because Balls always had, even if he was saying nothing, he always had something interesting to say. Like one time he like explained Game of Thrones to me in like an hour, like from beginning to end. So like the little I know about Game of Thrones is because of Balls Mahoney on that particular day. Um, Balls showed up and I was outside. He's like, GPA, I got to talk to you. Come here. And I'm like, what? And we walked the entire perimeter of the Star Realm Ballroom parking lot. And he told me absolutely nothing. Like he just just rambled. I don't know. He just said he literally just rambled. Um, So. We're in the back. We're, like, putting everything together. Well, like, okay, so Delroy and I were doing this match on the premise that we only had, like, a minute and a half, two minutes. So Delroy and I I called a very quick thing. And then Balls and New Jack were going to come in, and then we were all going to spill out. So Balls was like, all right, Jack, uh, it'll just be be just like the old days, you know? We'll just go in there, just, you know, just ham it up, you know? So (laughs) just ham uh, it up. (laughs) <laughs> yeah just just go man just go it's like Sm- it's smoky mountain man all over again um so i said to balls like kind of on the side i was like hey you know like we only have like a minute right he's like he's like cpa i've been wrestling for 20 years i'm like all right all right relax it's okay it's okay i get it uh so delroy and i ran our quick spot and then balls and new jack get in and like i don't know if you could see like kind of the the doom and gloom like you could see, you could see a, a a shadow descend over me specifically during your during your entrance because like, <laughs> it looked like, it, no, it when, looked like there was a little doom and gloom during your entrance in the match. <laughs> Probably, yeah. Um, so they get in and they just like they just lock up and they just start doing stuff. And I was like, oh god, this is a disaster. So like, I think I watched it and like maybe my memory was a little off on it, but I think I pretty much nailed it where. New Jack shot balls into the ropes and like I don't know if you could hear it but it, like I heard it because I was standing right there he said Jack my hip I can't run <laughs> and he's telling New Jack this as New Jack is in the process of shooting him off to the ropes so like I think you saw it like balls just like walks at him and just ducks whatever he was trying to do and and you hear New Jack go headbutt like really loud oh it's amazing <laughs> so, it's amazing and then the I, I've told this story before, and it, it it makes me laugh every time. And like it's unfortunate because this is actually Balls' second to last match ever before wow. he died. Um, so like the ref tells us like go the fuck home, like just stop. So uh, New Jack grabs Balls. He says shit can, and Balls goes Jack no my hip, and like he forces him out of the ring. And you hear this explosion of balls just crumbling onto the apron, and then balls goes fuck. <laughs> and then, like I said to Delroy, like real pretty, pretty audibly, I was like, "Hey, let's go. We gotta go, man. Let's let's take it home." Don't you like uh, you know like it, isn't it kind of sad? Because I mean, I'm sure you you've seen it a million times. Like there aren't a lot of those just like crazy old time guys around anymore. Like I'm sure like on the East Coast, mm. you saw a million of them. Yeah, it's and like again, everyone like found balls annoying. I just thought he was like so entertaining, and like 
I like I would just I would just I didn't even have to ask him. I remember one time we did some show and another guy and I were in the first match and we were trying to we were just about to like start figuring out what we were doing and balls comes over and tells us a 45 minute story about the time he almost died in Puerto Rico and we didn't call the match <laughs> we were like he got done and we were like all right like the show's about to start I guess we'll just go like yeah it's just it's it, it it is like it was especially when i was first starting i mean it's still fascinating to me but like to just have guys who are around for like ecw and even like smoky mountain and just anything like it it's 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 a lot of fun but yeah they're starting to like kind of disappear which is yeah there's not a lot of those guys left which is like what i like you know i love being around those just like weird like just getting like the weird stories, like you know, or like when Little Guido is around, or like Fonzie being around AIW now all the time. Like I love just hearing the most random ass stories and how crazy the wrestling world used to be, and how like it could never ever go back to that ever again with the you know advent of social media. But mm-hmm. just hearing those crazy ass stories, I love it. I uh, I forget. I think it was like the, I think there was the December show. We were out after we were at the after party. I was like so hammered, and like everyone else wanted to go home, and I was like, no, 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 I gotta get Fonzie for the podcast. So I recorded twenty minutes with Fonzie about Giant Gonzalez, and then I dropped my phone as soon as we got done, and it just just like all the recording just completely disappeared. Oh my god, oh. <laughs> <coughs> that's awful. He had, he had some good. Stuff. Oh, he had some great Giant Gonzalez stories. Oh yeah, we we uh, we put a couple on the on this podcast, I think. But mm-hmm. uh, Fonzie Fonzie texts me uh, about every two days during the quarantine, just saying like, "How you doing, Daddy? Uh, stay safe up there. <laughs> I'm staying safe down here, avoiding the virus." You know. You're, uh, let me know if you need me to do anything. I'm just trying to be a good AIW employee. <laughs> <laughs> he's on that. He's on that unsackable contract. Yeah, he just like he just like today. He, even today, he texted me this morning. I was just like, just checking in, Daddy. I'm doing okay. No virus. <laughs> love it. Love it, Nick. I love. It, it's to me. It's probably exciting for you in a shorter time period that you've been able to work with guys like Balls and New Jack and all these dudes because you are such a historian and student of professional wrestling and independent wrestling. Uh, so much so that the one that uh, really had me going on Twitter is when you went at Thorn about the theater of pain. <laughs> <laughs> Bro, this was like I, I'm trying to think when you guys had the double dare tag tournament and you were talking about all the like bad messages you got. Yeah. yeah. And you guys started talking about theater of pain. I remember distinctly I was waiting for the bus and you guys started talking about theater of pain and like I was like say no more and I like whipped out fucking YouTube and I just went into like such a such a such a poisonous oh. rabbit hole oh, it's insane. <laughs> like of Kmart Kmart parking lot wrestling in Ohio. So you it's, didn't know until the podcast who they were though. No. <laughs> oh, it's <laughs> it's insane. Like so I've been going through like all this stuff that these boxes that Chandler Biggins had and like fans over the years have like given us like Cleveland All Pro VHS tapes that they didn't have any use for. And there is a DVD in which I don't know where it came from, but it is the best of Theater of Pain. <laughs> it's the best of? I, I guess so. <laughs> I mean that but that kind of stuff amazes me. Like, all right, you hear about this ridiculousness and you're just like, okay, I'm gonna go look this up now. 
and and I'm gonna I'm gonna take a dive into whatever it is. I I remember. So before I ever wrestled for AIW, I did. Um, I don't know if you're allowed to mention them on here. Um, what's the fucking place? The Cleveland Knights place? Oh, CKCW. Yeah, that was, I did a show for them, and I was. I didn't like. Yeah, like I was excited to wrestle. Did you get paid? Dude, like I never. Yes, I did. I got paid way too much for what I did. That <laughs> okay. Night I was in a twelve-person tag match with like just uh, that place. They flew in. And put up in hotels, like, ten dudes from Puerto Rico that I'd never heard of in my life. Yeah. Um, and they were all in my match. And the one guy was, like, he was supposed to give me a clothesline at some point, but he didn't tell me he was lefty. <laughs> so I'm I'm gearing up for a normal clothesline, and then he puts up his left arm. So I kind of, like, dipped and dove into it, and he knocked me the fuck out. So it was great. Um, yeah, I got paid way too much to do that show, though. But that was a Robbie E. hookup. I used to be a Robbie E. Road brother back in the day. Oh wow! I could go. I could go on about that. <laughs> so I went and I, I just went and found these these DVDs. One is a burned Masters of Mayhem TV presents Volume One Theater of Pain Gmo Psycho Mike Two Hours. Uh, and then the other one is. Masters of Mayhem Underground TV Wrestling Scar Tissue Bloody Cleveland Wrestling Battles Two Hours of Cleveland Ohio Blood Baths with a Z uh, at the end of it. With a Z. Psycho Mike versus the original Sheik on is Ooh, on this oh. one. Lick Z Sack okay. is also featured. <laughs> T Joe Khan, not to be confused with Tony Khan. Is uh, <laughs> is on this one? Yeah, I might uh, oh, I might watch yeah. this tonight actually. Yeah, give me give me live updates, like a live feed update <laughs> to hear about this. Lick Lick Z Sack is that was that what he said? Lick Z Sack once uh, was gonna murder me. He oh, was wow. uh, he went to his car to get a gun and uh, Super Oprah caused a distraction and I got in a getaway car. He was gonna shoot me. <laughs> what? How did this happen? Uh, I, I did a couple CWA bookings in my day and, uh, mm -hmm. I was, uh, a heel and, uh, I was messing with the crowd. And when I went to leave, uh, a guy attacked me and he was on the show. He didn't like how I was acting to the fans. And, uh, he started punching me and I was fighting back and, uh, Super Oprah was, was helping me out and Chandler Biggins went to go get the getaway car and Lick Z Sack came out, who, if you don't know who Lick Z Sack is, he has the exorcist tattooed on the back of his head. Ooh. And uh, he is a, an alleged arms dealer. And uh, he said, I'm going to my car and get AK-47. I'm going to finish this. And uh, I hopped in the car and I left. <laughs> <laughs> AK-47, that's usually what we all carry around. Yeah, so, I mean, yeah. that's... Uh, CWA, there's nothing nothing to mess with there. But uh, yeah. enough about the theater of pain. Let's talk yeah. about uh, Nick CPA Stapp. What's uh, what's what's with the uh, what's with the character change, the name change? What's what's behind that? Um, I've been wanting to do it for a while. I just a didn't really know what name to go with, and b I guess like I guess I'd like fallen into a little bit of a comfort zone with CPA, but I was already, I was also like subconsciously already doing things that were not very CPA like. And I was just like, eh, I mean, like, I'm not, you know, like, I'm not really doing the tie stuff anymore. Like, I'm wearing trunks now and shit. Like, why not just, you know, just put a stamp on it and kind of 
you know, make it official, basically. How long um, were you CPA? Ooh, uh, six, about six years, a little more than six years. The okay. the CPA thing was like a total joke too. Like, I I was training for about a month and a half, and Pat put me in a student battle royal. And originally, originally I wanted to do like an Occupy Wall Street hipster gimmick. Okay, um, okay. but <laughs> this was at the tail end of Occupy Wall Street. There were still at least two people at Zuccotti Park on a daily basis chanting to no one. Um, <laughs> and my friend, it was like, "Hey, I got this. I got this idea for like an, an evil accountant who got uh, cryogenically frozen in 1986, and now he's." Now he's unthawed and he's trying to take out the wrestling business and all this shit. Um, that was the original idea for it, but then uh, it just kind of went in its own direction. A lot of that uh, credit to Pat Buck because he he heard me do a pro. He heard me like cut a promo as CPA, and he's like, "No, no, no! This is you're doing this all wrong." He's like, "You are like the most awkward." like uncomfortable person i've ever spoken to and you need to just do that like that he's like you need to be your gimmick like it needs to be you so that's kind of that's kind of how it evolved from there so now nick Stapp is just officially an awkward uncomfortable person oh i mean yeah i guess it, it's it's me <laughs> just without without a tie and a button-up shirt yeah i mean yeah sad boy kind of like um it I, what I what prompted like it, the sadness? Let's get are you a sad. Are you sad? Are you sad, man? Um, I have not at the moment. I'm fine. I'm talking to people that I like talking to, but um, on a general basis, yeah. I mean, I'm, I I like I overthink things, and especially right now with nothing going on, and like who knows when we're going to be back, and who knows if anyone's going to give a shit about me, much less. You know, having me around in however long it takes for us to resume activities and pro wrestling. So I don't know. I just things like that kind of weigh heavy on my mind. So yeah, uh, I think I that's. Uh, I, just, I mean, I think I, I've actually. I think that's weighing heavy on everyone. Yeah, but yeah, I'm driving myself crazy over it. And I, I mean, this it, this has been going on for a while though. It's just a constant battle. Be just because and. I was talking to someone recently and they're like, no, you're great. Like you're a good person. I was like, you know, it's funny how many people like totally like on my side, willing to help me out. And I'm just not willing to accept it because I'm, I got so used to not having that. Is there the some, first... some sort of a, you have like some sort of diagnosis? You know, we, we had Magnum CK on, we, we talked a little bit about the mental health stuff. Is this something that uh, you deal with? Um, there's no diagnosis because Oh no! I mean, you know, I think everybody, I think everybody, kind of deals with that, especially now uh, being in the quarantine, so to speak. I think uh, a lot of people are driving themselves crazy because, you know, like uh, a person like me is, I've never gotten off the wrestling hamster wheel in like almost twenty years. You know, so yeah. like I'm like 
I even when AIW doesn't have a show for like a month, let's say, ooh, there's always like three or four more that are in the planning stages that are upcoming. So it's never that's like no no time off pretty much ever. And now it's just kind of like, uh, okay, what do I do with my time? You know, it's like, uh, and like my regular job, I'm only there like once every two, like one week out of every three weeks I'm there. So it's just like, okay, like what do I do? And it's just like, uh, how do I keep AIW relevant? Uh, Like, does anybody even care right now with what's going on in the world about, uh, what day an independent wrestling show is going to happen again? Like, it's just, I mean, it does weigh heavy on a lot of people, but. I've just been trying to like stay busy and I found that it's been a little bit of kind of refreshing to me because, you know, I haven't had any kind of high level stress going on based on wrestling, which is usually like, I mean, I, I really like, I don't know, like it it just became such a, a huge part of my life that it was just like, it it was just how I lived. And now I'm just kind of like, just like chilling out and like i found that like my brain feels so much more like at ease than it than it has in years so i think that is good but i also see how people can be driving themselves crazy because it's like you could go to the grocery store and that's really it there's no socializing or um you know doing any sort of fun activities or you know it's not even about wrestling it's just like in general life there's like nothing to do right now yeah, it, it's obviously like I haven't been into it as long, or I haven't been in the game as long as you have and most people. But it does consume a lot of my day. Even even when I'm at work, you know, I, I'll just think of like, what could I be doing better? What I could be, what could I? And you know, like I have Twitter open all day, so I'm like, all right, like what's everyone else doing? What's everyone else doing to kind of like stay on the radar? And I've been trying to do that, and I don't know. I just. It, it it's it's that type of thing i think every wrestler probably goes through it where it's like you post something and you look in like an hour and you're like oh it only got x amount of you know this mu- this much engagement and you kind of like freak out about it a little bit um but on the aiw side of things i think it's been great that all these shows have been coming up on iwtv and you've been like adding to the catalog so i think that will definitely help a lot <coughs> as far as yeah, sustainability yeah i mean I think that's like the one benefit that we have maybe more than some other places is we do have an extensive library uh, that can, you know, that can keep us relevant. You know, allegedly, supposedly, like we're going to stream every Wednesday night at 10 p.m. and they're just going to go in reverse order of the catalog. So, I mean, we've had over 200 shows. So, I mean, technically, if needed, we could last 200 weeks (laughs) on uh, IWTV every every Wednesday before we we run out of stuff to show, but um, you know it is it, it, it keeps you relevant kind of, but then like you know it's like how often are people gonna watch? And you know that's the stuff I struggle with. It's like okay, like I don't see a lot of people live tweeting this show, you know, which is sounds so ridiculous, but because it's a show that's already happened a long time ago, but you know like you were saying that's a kind of like that's almost how anybody in wrestling right now kind of gauges their worth so to speak it's like how many likes did i get on this tweet how much inter- how many replies did i get like uh it's kind of crazy but you know we all obsess over that and it could be like man i thought like this was going to be like the thing that catches on and like you like you get no interaction on it and it can like really bum you out for the rest of the oh, week yeah. 
That's been me several times Nick, a day. <laughs> when was uh when was the first time you came to AIW? Not necessarily had a match. Uh yeah, the first time I came was the Rubber City Con show. Um Okay. Bobby. Oh, you so, did, and you did get a match with the with the Booker T yes, guys. That was terrifying because oh, yeah. like, oh Booker T, like it was. I was teaming up with Bobby Orlando, and we're both ridiculous human beings, and we both do ridiculous things. So I was like, all right, like we that was the we were more worried about Booker T's impression of us than we were about as far as like executing things in the match because like. Did Booker did Booker T give you any feedback after that? He definitely did. He actually gave us like really good feedback afterwards and it wasn't it wasn't like go burn your boots. It was like, "All right, you guys had a really good match for this crowd, but you have to keep in mind that you can't have you can't do stuff like that in front of every crowd." Unfortunately at the time, uh I don't remember what I did, but I gave myself a concussion on that for that that first AIW show I was on. So the whole time and this has never happened to me, which is why it kind of freaked me out. I had like this black spot in my vision, so every time I moved my eyes, it would just kind of follow me. So I was like listening to Booker T, but also noticing that something was happening with my eyes because I fucked myself up so much at some point during the match. Um, but yeah, gave us really good feedback. I, I um, yeah, I actually, I think that talk helped me out a lot too, um, just as far as evolving into whatever I am now. Um, and I think pretty much a every AIW show I've been on has been kind of like a, a growing experience because it is, I guess, it's an indie crowd, but it's a different indie crowd. You know what I mean? I don't know. Like AIW has its own, um, has its own vibe that I can't really explain. But yeah, I mean, we do try to like. I don't want to call it like our own universe or whatever, but like we do have our own like kind of niche crowd and then there's like people that are only aw fans and like uh that's something that i struggle with too because it's like we have this like awesome base but like how do we break through to the you know the the next level as an independent wrestling company because i do think that we have a ton of talented guys and girls and it just you know it uh it it can be it can be tough to kind of break through because you know, we do have this like loyalty, but it's like, how do we get, you know, like, uh, people like go like clamoring for us, you know, like WrestleMania weekend, like there was, we had like a, a pretty good, I guess, presale going into Tampa and that's reassuring, but it's like, you're also looking at it and you're like, well, this could be better. Like, what are we doing wrong? Um, but I, I do think that you have contributed a lot and kind of fit in, quite a bit because i think the thing that we do differently than a lot of like the quote-unquote indie crowds is like we do have characters and try to do some uh loose angles and stories and i think that that helps you know especially guys like you who are trying to reestablish themselves in this new character yeah it's that it's helped a lot and again like i know there, there have been you know there have been good points there have been good not so, been been not so great points but um yeah in the, in this kind of downtime i've been it's given me especially watching these shows as they're being posted um it's given me a lot of time to you know kind of refresh how i'm looking at how i'm doing things or what i could be doing uh differently to kind of not just be another wrestling character on a show um and that's 
I guess like my my biggest well the, it's a relatively speaking one of my bigger struggles as a pro wrestler has been to be more than just a pro wrestler you know what I mean like when I was doing the CPA thing I had people who weren't wrestling fans who said like oh I really enjoy your stuff and I don't really And being that I grew up watching guys like Piper and Hogan and like Ric Flair and guys who kind of like transcended wrestling. So that's kind of a big thing on my mind as I'm, you know, progressing the character and progressing whatever I'm doing in the ring or out of the ring, especially. Yeah, I think, you know, I I do think that it is important for indie wrestlers to have a gimmick. I, I think it helps guys kind of stand out and do things more or make things mean more when they do them. Like I, like a Dr. Dan, for example, I think, you know, that has helped him excel, you know, so much further than, you know, being just like a guy that does moves, Mm -hmm. you know, like every wrestler I I feel just wants to be the guy that does moves. And there's really nothing to that. There's a million people like that. Unless you're like a freak athlete, you know, it's not going to really pay off that well for you. And I think, you know, as you, kind of figure out who Nick Stapp is and all that stuff, I think it's going to come to you because you did have success with CPA, you know, and like you were able to work that character into how you work the match. And it was a, it was a total package. And I, I think, you know, the more you, you kind of toy with it, you're going to find that total package again because you did it before. Yeah. yeah I, I'm, um, I meant to, you said something that kind of triggered something in my brain. Um, Yeah. Actual moves. Like he, okay. Like you're like, you're watching it as a casual fan. Oh, he like did a move to a guy. Like I didn't start doing that until probably like three, four years in, like all my offense was actually defense for the first few years. Cause I just, I didn't, I don't know. I just didn't like trust myself. I didn't want to hurt anyone. I didn't, I don't know. It was just, I, I didn't feel like it was necessary for me to do moves. And then as I started traveling around more and watching other guys perform, I was like, Oh, I have to do like more stuff. You know what I mean? And I feel like that kind of diluted things a lot. Cause then you overthink, like, oh, I could do this and I could do this and this would look cool and this would look cool. But, you know, I, I guess I have to meet in the middle somewhere because it's hard. I'm not like a naturally good athlete, in case you hadn't noticed. Um, so it takes a little more for me. I have to put a little more thought into things. So I could be like, oh, I'm going to go do this cool dive thing or whatever. And then, I'm, you know, I'll do it and it'll look like shit. And then someone will do it the match before the match after and they'll do it perfectly. And they'll be like, oh, well, why did I do that? You know what I mean? Unless that was like, unless that was part of the design of why I was doing it for it to look like shit, which obviously doesn't make sense in the grand scope of why you're wrestling. Um, so, yeah, that's been that's been a big kind of transition for me to uh, to just kind of evolve the style and evolve the character and all that. One of the things that you have going for you very well, uh, specifically at AIW, as we talk about uh, character and what helps you with that, is you come out from behind those curtains and instantly people are on board because of your song. Uh, Did you choose that 
as your entrance theme, or how did that come about? So with Warrior, uh, I came out to Spanish Flea by Herb Alpert, Herb Alpert, and the Tijuana Brass for the first bunch of years I was wrestling. And I just like I I started to watch a lot more of the. I, I would just I, I would watch like indie matches, but more focus on like guys' intensity and like how they came out and how fans would perceive them. And I started to think like, ah, mm-hmm. oh, I should get a song that has a little more energy to it. Um, my first experiment with that, which was the complete opposite, but I was it, it was more of a thing for me. Like, oh, I get energy out of this song, so I'm going to choose this. I I came out to a brand new song that has like no drums. It's like a very slow melodic song and it came out to that at like a handful of shows and it didn't really work and then uh i guess like one night i was a little hammered and i was just like looking through like songs that i had uh you know like saved on youtube and i came across the warrior and i was like oh how about this maybe and i like listen i i literally listened to the first minute and a half like 80 like probably 50 times in a row and just like how could i how could I make an entrance out of this? Um, because obviously it's not one of those songs where it's a big build up. Cause like, not, I, I don't know. Maybe it's, maybe right. it's like the, the, I just like, I, I watch guys who have entrances and their entrances take, like it takes like 15, 20, 30 seconds to get to the big hook. And then they come out and they look, they look mm-hmm. like they're walking to the bus stop. I was like, no, I need to like, I need to have that point where I come out and it's like an explosion, you know, like everyone knows like, all right, I'm here to like, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm here to do something. You know what I mean? Not you get hit with that. Come on, baby. Like, you know, yes. Like, uh, arm, yeah, arm exactly. thought, you know, something like that. Yeah. Yeah. And I tried to avoid that for a long time, but I think the first time I came out to that, I just came out and was like, all right, I'm like, I did a speed walk to the ring and I was like, nah, you need something else there. And it, it, I mean, literally I'm still working on it. You know, I'm st- it's, it's a thing that I'm still working on. Um, like every time just cause I'm like, eh, I'm kind of tired of like just coming out and yelling I uh, don't want to do the arm thing. I don't want to do this. I think I did this a little stupid. It took a little long to do this. So again, like that's just a, prog- a like another process. But yeah, that was just a, I don't know. I just I I think I I'm I could be wrong. I think the first time I came out to that was at the first Odeon show I was on. I think if I'm not mistaken. I uh, that that sounds yeah. probably right. I yeah, think you know. Right. Something something you said is like a, a struggle a lot of wrestlers have, and it's like, you know, you're talking about that executing the move thing, and like, you know, somebody's going to do it better than you later in the show or before you or something like that, and like, that's the ultimate struggle I feel that all independent wrestlers have right now because it's like they want, you know, you want to get gift, you want to have a gif of you, but it's like, and it's like that almost like that badge of honor so many guys look for. And it does cause a lot of overthinking, you know, and like it, I, I feel that a lot of wrestlers forget about the crowd that they're in front of because they're hoping that somebody will watch it and give some move that they did. And ultimately, it really, you know, if you really think about the, the GIF wrestling thing, like it hasn't really paid off for a lot of guys too much. Like there's very few that have blown up off of doing one move. However, it seems to be like that holy grail thing that so many wrestlers are chasing. Yeah, so I guess for me, it, it, that's like a multi-layered thing. Where so when I first started wrestling, we were pretty much I was only doing shows like that Pat was running, so it was in like Rahway, New Jersey, or like that general area, and 
and like I'm not saying this to you know pat myself on the back, but with you know with doing virtually no moves, I had like a really really good following there, but I always felt like at the end of the day, you know, I could get like the biggest reaction of the show doing literally nothing, but like the fans would notice it, but nobody, you know, nobody. I get. It's a weird thing where, like, real ultimately the fans are the ones paying to get in and paying to see you, but you have that, like, that weird uh, insecurity of, like, oh, like, yeah, I got a good pop, and, like, everyone liked the match. Like, all the fans liked the match, but, like, when I got to the back, like, everyone just fucking ignored me. You know what I mean? I, it's really dumb, but it's become a thing because nowadays I feel like a lot of a lot of the adva- advancement happens with, you know, let's say, you know, I, I don't, I can't think of a name off the top of my head. So I'll just say, let's say balls Mahoney was in the back of an AIW show and he has a Twitter account, which he never would, <laughs> but he has a Twitter account and he goes on and says, man, fucking Nick rocked it, blah, blah, blah. And then it gets a bunch of retweets and then other promoters that he works for maybe, you know, it, it, again, it's a really dumb philosophy, but it is, I think it's like a real, a real thing in the whole, insecurity landscape of being an indie wrestler or just a wrestler in general, but definitely on this level. You know, it's, it's amazing. Uh, as we wind this down, uh, I'm going to bring it up. <laughs> finally, after I put it off the whole episode. I was, trying to, about, I was trying to, I was trying to keep him. I was trying to keep him <laughs> off of it. CPA, but you know, it's perfect because as we talk about in the age of social media and Twitter, things that can get you talked about uh you found a way outside of the ring at wrestle razor last yep. year um and when first of all when did you find out that poor chuck stone was being oh, blamed I didn't for find this that out until probably like a month later <laughs> i guess whenever the next did you whenever uh, the next aiw show was is when i found out i think who told me? I think Worldwide might have told me about it. I could be wrong about that, but did you did you apologize to him? Uh, I apologized <laughs> to him over Twitter because I didn't actually get to talk to him that night. But I, I apologized to him over Twitter, which is the the, the honest and decent thing to do is to pu- 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 apologize publicly. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, I think that we've told the story from our angle uh, on his podcast before. Well, it, we, we've yeah. we've insinuated it. I've I've always said that uh, it was CPA's story <laughs> to tell, and I know you told yes. it on your. I know you told it on your podcast, uh, and I think that's kind of where a lot of uh, the, I, I guess the the loose ends that we've left on this podcast were tied up over on your podcast. Interesting choice. I think, choice that's, how, of word I think there. that's how. Uh, I think that's how people have put the. Put the whole thing together. Well, I guess when I was doing it on my podcast, I was talking to people who weren't there physically, so I had to cut out certain parts of it. Um, I'll try to. I mean, if if you want me to get into it, I'll get into it. Um, Let's do it. So we have we have Russell Rager, and now that's yeah. class. We go into the after party. The ring is broken down. Um, so that day. Uh, I came in with Bear Country. They had a show in like Chicago or something like that, and they were going to pick me up on the way back. Um, I ate literally nothing that entire day, um, just because I don't know. I just didn't really think about eating. I was like, I'll eat, I'll eat, whatever. Um, I think we were Dan and I were opening match, and then I just started drinking like immediately. Um, 
So, uh, yeah, just started drinking, hanging out, talking, whatever. And at some point, I went to the bar, and, like, for some reason, there was really no one else at the bar, and, like, they just they just completely ignored me. And I was, like, I was like too hammered to, like, say words. So I was just like, all right, I'll just wait with, with my 20 <laughs> in my hand and just wait and see what happens. Um, and then a young lady comes over to me and just says, hey, uh, I was at the show. You fucking kicked ass, whatever, whatever. And I was like, oh, thanks, you know, whatever. Um, but she was with another dude at the time. So I assumed that it was like, oh, okay, whatever. It is what it is. You know, uh, she's with her boyfriend. Um, but then she like kept talking to me and she was being very aggressive and like bumping into me and like doing all this shit. And I was like, (laughs) I'm going to fall down. This is awful. So I went outside, I think, or no. Yeah. I think I went outside to like pee or something. I was like, all right, she'll, she'll go away. Like she'll, or I went to pee, whatever it was. She'll disappear at some point. Um, I came back in and she was still like, she wasn't at the bar. I went back to the bar to try to get a beer and then she came back and she was like, Hey, you left and I was like, oh, 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 sorry. Um, so we just, <laughs> she just kept talking and we kept talking. To me. Hey, I don't know. Maybe it, it's, it's like the insecure slash like paranoid person in me where I was like, I don't want to assume that this is what I think it might be because like people are weird now. And like, if I try to make a move, you know, like if you try to make a move on someone, maybe they'll be like, Oh, you're touching me. Ah, oh, you know, whatever. I don't know. People are weird. Um, you, when you were outside, you did tell me that uh, we talked briefly before you went back in, and you did say that there was a young lady inside, and you weren't sure if she was into you or just drunk. I don't remember that, so I'm glad. <laughs> I do remember that. I remember that conversation, and then I see you later on, and she's just like hanging all over you. Like you, somehow you both end up back outside, or maybe I was inside, and I was like, "Oh, is this?" And you were like, "Yeah, this is the girl." I was like, "Yeah, she's she's into you, dude." <laughs> yeah, I have. Uh, I'm 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 a child. I'm essentially a large child who doesn't know how to deal with normal life situations. Um so we kept talking <laughs> and then like I, I was just I was just starting to kind of ease in. So I was like, "All right, maybe she's actually like into me." And then like the guy the guy she was with disappeared and I was like, "All right, this is like a real thing now. Like this is a thing that I have to deal with and I have to make a decision um like soon because it could it could, you know, it could end regardless if I may, if I, if I make a move and nothing and she says, get the fuck off of me, then whatever, or she could just leave, you know, whatever. Um, so whatever we started making out. Um, and then like, we went into the area where the bands were playing <laughs> and we continued there. And then I, I remember like at one point I like kind of opened my eyes and looked and like someone was looking at us like someone, some, a, a wrestling personality was looking at us. I don't remember who, cause I was bare like probably raven. probably raven it was probably raven. raven it could have been i i actually think i'm gonna say that it was worldwide <laughs> because i think that it was at this point that then worldwide ends up coming outside and and telling me uh that cpa is is making out or something with a, a friend of his <laughs> <laughs> a girl that he knew and he was all upset because he there was some i don't know he was upset about girl things in general but then uh yeah he was looking you, you, for that girl because he was of, friends with her there's a lot there's of a lot weird of things there's a lot of similar parallels between you <laughs> and uh, worldwide you know you guys, <laughs> both, you guys get both very very upset about uh about girls 
Yeah. And he was he was yeah. in that mood uh, that night. Which I found out a few days later when he DM'd me about it and was like, listen, this is the this is the deal with that. But um so <laughs> I remember my thought process was okay, we could go to the bathroom, but it's very small and I think there's only like I think there's only one stall in the bathroom. I was like, that's not gonna work. I've done that before, it's fine. You should have looked in the Club Atlantis, brother. <laughs> What's Club Atlantis? Oh, is that the Let's Yes, I didn't know the there basement. was a basement. Actually, I think you told yeah. me there was a basement earlier on. Got no right, comment but, on uh, the rest of that you story. Had, you, had, you had in passing <laughs> mentioned there was a basement. So I was like, and I remember I had peed by the dumpster earlier that day. And I was like, oh, I know an area where we can go, you know, make out and just, you know, be in some some version of confidence. Um, so we went out there and I don't... I, Whatever, I guess everyone knows enough already, but usually my, um, if things are getting hot and heavy enough with a girl, I will, you know, usually it's in a house or, you know, an enclosed area. So this is not that I haven't done things like this before, which is why I was like, eh, whatever, you know, in the, in the, in in the aftermath, I was like, well, it's nothing I wouldn't have normally done, but, uh, it got, it got recorded, unfortunately. So that was the. That was that was the, the the X factor to it, um, but yeah, we were you know just making out, and I was like, all right, I'm gonna I'm gonna do the thing that that I sometimes do, and uh, and and I was being, being a gentleman, honestly. I was being a gentleman. It 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 started <laughs> off in a Mike Piazza catcher squat, and I was like, this is really uncomfortable, and I'm gonna fall. So that's where <laughs> that's where we ended up. Uh, and then I, I, I remember I heard people yelling from like really close. Yeah, we're yeah. yelling about Chuck Stone. It's Chuck Stone. <laughs> I heard people yelling, and I was like, "All right, whatever. Maybe they're yelling about something else." And then I heard my name, and I was like, "Well, we thought it was Chuck Stone because Chuck Stone is known to have his girlfriend around at all times." And I thought that you know maybe the maybe the night had just the you know taken a hold of him and. Uh, you know, I, I think that they just might have, you know, in my head, I thought, man, like the uh, the magic of Russell Rager has uh, really, you know, just yeah. just taken them by storm. And uh, we thought Chuck Stone was just <laughs> going in with his girlfriend. So I then, because you were wearing a T-shirt, saw the tattoos and I was like, "Ooh, that's I'm like, that's not Chuck Stone. <laughs> Chuck Stone doesn't have tattoos. And we're like, who has those tattoos? And I don't remember if it was Tom Lawler or who it was, but somebody eventually then figured it out. Like, oh no, that's CPA. Oh, it wasn't figured it wasn't figured out for a little bit though. Like after, It took a minute, yeah. It took yeah. a little while. Yeah, it took a it took a while. And uh Yeah, but you have uh you have since uh you know you've you you've uh rekindled this a so, few times with this guy, um, right? Yeah. So just a, a, a quick ending to that. Uh, I remember after we after we got done with that, and that that's all that happened. Yeah, um, I went inside, and Thorne came up to me with his phone and said, "Hey, I'm sending this video to Kurt Hawkins." And I said, "Oh, a video of my match." And he said, "No." And he showed me the video, and I was like, "Fuck!" <laughs> and I like ran outside. And I was like, "Oh no!" Oh man, I apologize. I was no, I was fine. way too drunk. It, it, <laughs> I was more worried about like getting canceled over it or something like, oh, look at this fucking pig, you know? I don't know. Oh, I was, I wasn't, uh, I wasn't gonna put it on a, you um, know, a public forum. 
It was just a little so, little private chair. Okay, so I, I don't. If you guys want to cut this out, whatever. I don't know. Um, so a weird thing that happened later that night. Um, after like pretty much everyone else had left and they were doing last call, and I was with the girl at the bar. We were like, you know, whatever. Just I, we might have been holding. It. Who the fuck knows? I don't know. I was pretty drunk by that point. Um, another girl had come up to us. And like sized us up and she was like, Hey, you guys are pretty cute. You wanna have a four with me and my boyfriend later? And I was like I was I was already like just completely blackout drunk by that point, but I remember it and I was like I don't even have words right now. And she was like, Yeah. And the girl was like, All right, uh, give me your number, I'll call you guys later and I was like, Okay, sure and like and so I, I asked the girl about it then when we met up eventually a few months later, and she was like, oh, yeah, I kind of remember that because I think the girl called me later. So that could have also happened. I don't know. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Russell Rager's a wild – it's just a wild environment. It is. It's my favorite day of the year now. Um, and then uh, I think we went to a diner after. I don't know. I don't know how they found me because my phone – I. I was not answering my phone. I wasn't looking at my phone, but somehow they found me at some diner like a mile away from there. Um, probably at my friends. Yeah. Oh, but with everybody country, else. That's the that's the go-to diner. Yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah. I don't I, But you have you you have you have uh kept in contact with this girl. Oh right, so I took her number down and I I, I won't say her name, but it, it was let's just say it's uh uh, let's say let's just say it's agnes for for the purpose of the story her name in my phone was agnes probably with a question mark at the end because i didn't know and we didn't really like i think we texted like one or two times afterwards and then my that phone died on me so i got the phone i got her i still had her number on my phone but i didn't have it saved so i was like i think that's her so i just put it as agnes probably with a question mark and then like Three months later, she texted me. It was like, hey, uh, I know we haven't spoken in a while, but I'm, you know, I'm working in Pennsylvania, so let's hang out. So then her name in my phone now is, for argument's sake, Agnes, definitely. Um, so, yeah, uh, that was my, that was my wrestler, Rich. <laughs> so, so where does this, uh, so now it just stands at, uh, you just kind of keep in contact? Yeah, we. The romance has not fully continued on? We, um. In classic Nick fashion, we uh, after the built to last show, we met. We she met up with me at um, Good Company afterwards, and then we um, went to the same diner that we went to that one time, not on purpose, but just because whatever. And uh, we hooked up in her car, and you know that's just just the way it goes, I guess. I don't know. We're not meant to do things <laughs> in, in in warm places. <laughs> this is. Do you ever- did you, ever see, did you ever watch the movie for love of the game with uh kevin costner uh no i guess i should though <laughs> oh all right it's just it's a baseball movie that he essentially creates this relationship with a woman played by kelly preston and uh he plays for the tigers but every time he goes back to new york which is where she is they basically like that's his girl <laughs> like that's their relationship <laughs> <laughs> so it's like they're in a relationship but only when the team plays in new york yeah. for that three-day series yeah pretty much that's what it is <laughs> well i think that's uh i think that's probably the story to go out on right john uh yeah there's no top in that one <laughs> <laughs> oh actually side note to that uh i, I forget which, which show it was after i think <coughs> Dan already brought this up in the podcast 
a few months after this, we were at a at the after party, and uh, it's a person that Thorne knows, and he started telling her about the story. And I, or he was like, "Oh, tell her the dumpster story." And I started telling her it, and then Bear Bronson came over with his phone and showed oh. her the video, and she turned white as a fucking ghost and like ran away. Yeah, and that was just a totally different girl. <laughs> yeah, Bear Bron- Bear Bronson just, uh, yeah, he threw you under the bus with that one, big time, big time. He, he was just like, "Hey, you know, is this is this the kind of guy you're looking for?" He, and he came uh, over, he's like, hey, hey, I, got, "I got the video," and I smacked the phone out of his hand. And, and then he showed her anyway. So. Hey, I only sent it to Hawkins. Many have asked, and they have not received it. So that, <laughs> I know that goes had, back on Hawkins. I had people asking me asking me for it the next day. I was like, I don't have it. I don't know about this video. I don't know. Alicat was hot after that footage. I'll tell you that. She was begging for it. <laughs> she was. Yeah, she was. She was uh, looking all over for that. Yep. Well, I love it. Uh, it was such a fun time. I think we covered a, a wide array of topics here uh it was lovely to have you on nick <laughs> any any final thoughts you want to leave us on um any plugs plug your podcast your, your social oh, media yeah uh i'm at nick stap okay on the twitter and the instagram uh i am on off the hop rope podcast where we mix craft beer with wrestling matches uh we find some way to tie them in well thank you for joining us again uh for nick stapp for aiw owner john thorne my name is steve guy we will talk to you next week right here on aiw's the card is going to change